What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here. And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Yak. Sports Yak. It's Sports Yak. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that loves Les Mis, fast food, and feels rather sorry for pheasants, it's Sifpa. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly. We're streaming live most Saturday mornings or Friday evenings or available to download later in your <laughs> podcast feed, unless, of course, you're a patron. Bitches get perks. Patrons get those perks. All I need is a miracle. <laughs> I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and you're about to meet one of the greatest podcasters the world has ever known. Legendary, fashionable, powerful. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. All I need is you. Ahoy. <laughs> Each week we'll chat about movies, TV, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And please welcome our guest this week. If he hasn't gained three pounds by the end of the podcast, we'll assume he didn't have a good time. It's Ian Whittington. Mm. <laughs> and I won't cheat by carrying two children with me. <laughs> there you go. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, hello, gents. Great to have hello. you guys uh, on. We're going to talk Eternals, uh, which... Uh, is a Marvel movie, and therefore the most important thing that's going on in the universe, uh, apparently, uh, is is mm -hmm. how it works. And then we're going to talk about, uh, you know, the, uh, the the British monarchy, which is one of the least important things going on in the universe. Oh, no argument here. Absolutely <laughs> no argument here. I'm the wrong person to have on the show for this. Uh, no, you are the right person to have on the show. <laughs> Ian, you live in the country, man. You live in Britain. Yes. So. See the Queen, like, once a week. That's right. She drops by for a spot of tea and everything is good, yeah. right? Make sure that her crumpets are in order. Um, actually, yeah. I'll probably get hanged for saying that. <laughs> say, uh, uh, say hi to all the corgis, you know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's it. That is true. Getting old now, those corgis. 
<laughs> like 45. Yeah, a lot of a lot of a lot of royal dogs. A lot of royal dogs. Some of them are even uh, the animal kind. Uh and yeah. we will also <laughs> hey, Savage Bird that's, that's really coming mean. in from a dicer. That's really mean. <laughs> we will we will do the uh, best ever challenge on best ever physical transformation movies and of course we'll have some buried treasure uh, along the way as well and unless you guys have anything of utmost importance that you need to talk about uh, we'll get into it anybody have anything weighing on their hearts or minds that we need to talk about before getting into the reviews okay all How right find my dogs <laughs> Go find my dog. That is true. That is true. That's the top news. Yeah. 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 Looking for uh, for Andrews. Not a corgi, but um, not yeah, a corgi. Roland is missing. So yeah, if you yeah. are actually genuinely in this area, what does Roland look like? He's a little Lakeland Terrier, tan, dork nugget. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. If yeah. you if you find a Lakeland Terrier dork nugget, um, yeah. Uh, then, then maybe you found uh, found Roland and let us. I think know. he's a. I think he's a mixed breed between a dork nugget and a goober butt. So somewhere <laughs> in there, you know. Does he yes. respond to both? Whichever one that you shout out. Actually, I think I do call him goober butt more than his actual nice. name. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to talk to movies, guys. Especially when there's a new Marvel movie it. out. So let's do it. Let's talk about Eternals. We're Eternals. We came here 7,000 years ago to protect humans from the deviants. Why didn't you guys help fight Thanos or any war or all the other terrible things throughout history? We were instructed not to interfere in any human conflicts unless deviants are involved. By who? The Eternals are a team of ancient aliens who have been living on Earth in secret for thousands of years. When an unexpected tragedy forces them out of the shadows, they're forced to reunite against mankind's most ancient enemy, the Deviants. Um, Yeah, Marvel's got a new one, guys. And we've got 10 brand new superheroes to meet and know, as well as uh, lots of lore. Um, So listen, listen, Andrew, uh, Mr. Marvel. You can correct me if you like, but there are 10 uh, Eternals on the poster, so I said 10, um, but I do know what what you're talking about. Uh, What did you guys think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Lots of interesting buzz around this one. Ian, as our guest, you get to start us off. Um, Where do you land? Oh, oh, bold. Um, I liked it. Okay. Just firmly liked it. Right, dead center of- No high, no low, just liked it. Andrew? I didn't like it. All right. So I got to liked it, got to didn't like it. Uh, I'm going to land in the high side of just okay. Um, so mm. I this I wanted to make sure that I was I, I think I think there's a lot. I think there are. This is, it's so weird to talk about a Marvel movie this way because I'm so used to like loving everything that Marvel does. Mm, yeah, but, it's hard. But yeah. I did want to make sure that my my like what I landed on at least related that I didn't think it was a bad movie. Um, and mm-hmm. because I don't, and so high side of just okay is probably where where I'm going to land. But Ian, it sounds like you actually liked it, so you get to kind of kick us off. Uh, what are some of the things you enjoyed about Eternals? Um, see, I went. We talked about this earlier today. I went into it with about six people. 
I mean, I think you, you quickly become the person that, like, you you know about movies. Have you heard this opinion? Mm-hmm. Um, so I had, like, six or seven people say, man, everyone hates the Eternals. So I went in with relatively low expectations, and that's probably a good way to go into most movies. But <laughs> I had a help. good time. I had fun. Like, this is screaming to be a miniseries rather than a film. That is my um, main... Like that is thing. That is, like, yeah. shut down the printer. Top tier. That's all you need mm-hmm. to say. Top-level headline. This should 100%. have been a TV show. 100% should have and been a TV show. Absolutely. It's screaming to be that. More so than Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Make that your movie, and this should be your six, seven, eight part miniseries. Um, but on, on the positive side of things, yeah, you've got 10 people, but I actually think the dynamic between the 10 people Hello. is really fun. Like, <laughs> the, the, Okay, that's fine. The pockets of some... Some of them don't work, but there's the pockets of some of the characters that really, really work. Um, like... Fastos, Fastos. Um, yeah, Fast. He's uh, yeah. they're pretty much all like uh, plays on like famous Greek characters. Yeah. So Festus, he's Festus. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely loved everything about him and how he interacted with the group. Um, Kamel Nanjiani was probably my biggest letdown. He wasn't. He didn't really show up. Oh, for that's me, interesting. Okay. All right. Tr- trying to stay in the positives. Um, I. Uh, yeah, no, I just liked it. I liked the dynamic between all of them. Um, the story isn't overly complicated, um, considering how bloody long it is. Visually, it's stunning, and I think we all expected that going in, that this was going to be something to to behold. And the pacing is all over the place, but when it shows up and it gives you something really good to look at on screen, it is just like, yeah, put the popcorn down and I'm going to watch this. Um, so that, that's my immediate immediate thoughts and immediate positives i'll jump off the visual thing because it really was one of my favorite things and i think we knew we were going to get that with with chloe Zhao, right like i mean obviously she's a very visual filmmaker um uh, this is certainly the uh most per capita sunsets i've ever seen uh in a marvel movie like every (laughs) scene is gold isn't it (laughs) there's a sunset on the poster and also through the entire movie uh everything takes place (laughs) at sunset in some spectacular like rock cavern or beach scene or hilly dale or whatever like you know it's, it's very obvious that this this is who chloe zhao is um, so I did I did enjoy the visuals. Um, I, it's also part of my negative, though, but I'll get to that in a second. Um, the other thing I really did appreciate about this is it's a it's a big swing and I like big swings. This yes, is, it is I think this is the riskiest Marvel has been with their properties. Uh, even the stuff that l- like this isn't well known publicly, like you think of how many superheroes they've introduced that most people had no idea existed right guardians Guardians. of the galaxy is probably the one that that people mention the most even with those they presented them in a way that wasn't all that risky you know it was upbeat it was fun it was you know all those things and to cover seven thousand years of history between 10 okay fine andrew 11 uh, superheroes uh, is is quite a task and a risky one at that. Add to that, actually, p- giving the reins to an Oscar-winning director like Chloe Zhao, um, who is not known for any kind of real action or kinetic filmmaking. There's nothing about her. I mean, maybe maybe the writer uh, has a little bit of 
you know, movement and kinetic stuff in it, but not like we're talking about with a Marvel movie. <laughs> Whoosh. Mm. Boom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pam. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there's there's definitely a big risk here. And I do appreciate that. I want to be very careful because I think there has been a lot of conversation over the last 10 years of, okay, when is Marvel going to start branching out? When are they going to start taking risks? When are they going to start, you know... Um, you know, now that they they kind of own the space and they're kind of too big to fail in many ways, uh, yeah. you know, when are they going to start doing that? I think Black Panther was kind of the first of a series. Which, which came first, Black Panther or um, Taika's uh, Thor movie? Because that's another oh, Black Panther. Yeah, I well, take I think yeah. uh, Black Panther. Well, he was introduced in Winters or uh, Civil War, right? But I think yeah, the correct. actual Black yeah. Panther movie came out after uh, Thor. Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Uh, uh, Let's look it up to be sure. Because the only reason the only reason I bring them up is I think those are the first two examples of Marvel going. Okay, we're kind. You know, we we can really let directors be themselves. That is very much a Taika Waititi movie. Black Panther was after uh, Thor. Right. So both both of those are examples of movies where they're like, okay, this is you know your movie director, amazing director, to do what you're going to do Mm -hmm. with it, and they're doing that again here with with Chloe Zhao. I, to transition into the negatives, uh, I will just start here for me. And Andrew, I'm not trying to cut you off if you have any positives, um, but I do want to say this because it goes along with kind of what I've been talking about. I just think it's a bad match. I just think she is a bad match for the MCU. I think her style of storytelling is um, it's counter to everything the MCU has been up until this point. Is there a way that she makes a Marvel movie? Yes, but it can't be one that's tasked to do what this movie is tasked to do. Um, it and can't be one that plays with others. Yeah, it, it really can't. She's just she's way too introspective for something like this, and I love that. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's why I enjoyed Nomadland. That's why you know um, I've liked her stuff. But uh, I just think it's a bad match. Uh, I think I said in my letterbox review that MCU is the peanut butter of you know of movie franchises. It's it's good in so many ways and on so many things. And Chloe Zhao is the absolute filet mignon of directors, but I just didn't want peanut butter <laughs> yeah. on my steak. Uh, you know, and it's <laughs> it's amazing. just it just feels like that, right? It just feels like yeah. uh, it's just it just doesn't quite work together. And because of that, there's pace, there's some pacing issues, there's some things that feel yeah. you know off together. And I've got some other things that stood out to me for negatives as well. But um, but overall, I think I land in the in the you know high side of it's just okay because. It's still giving me some interesting characters. I liked the Kumail character, by the way. He was actually one of my favorites. I thought he brought some life to the crew. Um, but um, but so I ended up, you know, liking some of that. And I kind of can't wait to see some of these characters in future movies. So, you know, there's there's that whole interconnected thing that just, you know, at the end of the day, that's the too big to fail thing, right? It does it almost doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Um, because you're gonna want to see what happens next. Uh Andrew. Mm-hmm. It is your turn, man. What do you, give us? Give us some of your thoughts, positive or negative. Unleash fury. It's interesting because a lot of the things you're saying that you liked about this movie are things that I actually came away on. That's where they missed the mark for me. Sure, go for um, it. Uh, I'm going to say one thing that Marvel has done time and time again, and I think that it's the biggest uh, uh, champion for their success is chemistry between the actors. Sure. I don't feel chemistry between these people in this I agree movie. with that. Did did one of yeah, us say there I, was chemistry between the all the people? Well, I, I think with, that, between pockets of them. 
I think yeah. as, a, as a whole, perhaps not, but there's pockets of them where there is. Well, and part of that is that there isn't time, right? Like there's just, there's too yeah. much trying to go on in this movie. Yeah. Continue. For, for as long as this movie is uh, two hours and 40 minutes. Right. Mm-hmm. I think it's, is it the second longest Marvel movie ever? Besides, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Endgame. Besides yeah. Endgame. But, uh, and I felt the time on this one. I really did. Me too. For as yeah. much, it's, it's crazy. I felt bored a lot of this movie, yet... I they I felt like they were trying to cram so much in, but so much of it just felt unnecessary. It somehow both I'm with you guys to be shorter I, and longer, right? Like it's one of those movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm with I'm with you, and that this definitely should have been the miniseries. I'm 100 with you guys on that front. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the chemistry, like, uh, I'd say what 80 percent of this movie is getting the gang back together. You know, yeah, that's yeah. actually my biggest negative. Yeah, is is the the tour of telling everybody that um your the Ajax is friends dead. from college, we're friends from college. Oh, you know, man, like, that went on for like an hour of just telling everybody that she's dead. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, it's yeah, it's well, and, and it, it got it got old really quick. Well, and it's not helped by the fact that we've already seen them together. So there's not even a carrot yes. at yeah. the end of the stick. We already know what the carrot is. We've eaten the carrot. It's just a stick now. Mm-hmm. You're just waving a stick in front yeah. of us. <laughs> like. That's exactly it. Yeah. Uh, I will say, I'll throw out a pro for this movie. Uh, I, I actually wasn't... I say I'm going to throw out a pro, but here's a negative. I actually wasn't <laughs> up on the, uh, the, uh, the visual effects as much as you guys. Uh, I okay. mean, I thought they were fine. But one thing that this movie did really good in the combat scenes is I felt the impacts. Like, whenever mm. somebody hit something, I really felt it. Like, whenever Makaria, who was my favorite character in the movie, uh, would, like, zoom, like, rush and run, and then she would, like, mm-hmm. run into somebody, I felt that impact. Or whenever Gilgamesh would, like, charge up his fist and, like, backhand a, a, mm-hmm. a, a deviant, you know? That, Even uh, the laser beam eyes, like, that felt like Man of Steel, where you feel the energy coming Icarus out of is, his head. <laughs> well, <laughs> they even mentioned that, uh, yeah, which that I hated. Weird. By the way, I really yeah, hated no, that. Agreed. Uh, but uh, wait, yeah, the, the it, Superman yeah, thing you hated—is that what you're talking the, about? The four references yeah. to the DC. I was like, universe? this is like, there's there's really? so much DC in this movie. I was just like, yeah. is the, is this kind of a troll? Are they are they kind of just being like, hey, we we own you so much that we can just mention yeah. your properties in our movies? It wasn't and... even once. It was like two or three times. Yeah, they mentioned Batman yeah, a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did find that interesting. I did definitely found it notable because that that certainly mm. so, that goes through a lot of people, and certainly that has to at the end of the day be intentional for something, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. but, but I, it's wild. I, I hated it because it eliminates any chance of a DC Marvel crossover. Yeah, uh, not necessary. What you're going to say? They're going to retcon it. That kid was talking about the actual Superman in yeah, Batman and not the 100%. comics. Okay, all right. Hundred percent. Yep. <laughs> that kid's yeah. TV is actually a portal into another multiverse, which right. has Superman. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Um, this is just from like I'm gonna. This is this didn't even bother me, but just so you guys know, this stuff. The movie does a lot of stuff in this that really isn't factual or taken from any. Uh, eternal storyline like a lot of the the mythos of the characters uh not only them but the mythos of the celestials is made up and 
that stuff didn't bother me. It's just one of those things where I'm where I'm looking at it and I go, oh, so you think you're a better writer than Jack Kirby? Interesting. You know? <laughs> well, uh, they kind of have to do that. I mean, that's this isn't the first time they've taken existing properties and made up storylines. Like that's that's through a lot of the movies. Yeah, but they've there's they've been pretty close. Like uh, okay, you're uh, saying this one is further afield than even the other ones. Really? Yeah. Okay. And it and it's one of those things where the Eternals are not a group that is like they've only had like four or five comic runs that didn't last all that long. Um, well, can I? It's ask interesting you, because yeah, I was I was I just wanted to ask you a question about the actual like structure. Is the is the comic also very much like? an obvious metaphor for angels and demons and God. Like, is it like, is that part of, was that always part of this was like, you know, the Eternals are the angels, the deviants are the demons and you know, whatever that, uh, um, yeah. Amen or whatever is, is, you know, creator yeah. God kind of thing. Like, I think that's a good way to because, put it. Yeah. Because so many of the themes are very religious themes. The idea of free will and the idea of, you know, why do we allow pain? I mean, how many times have you had a religious, not maybe not you had a religious discussion, but how many times have you heard a religious discussion on if if God is a good God, why does pain exist in the world? And here they are talking about that at sunset mm-hmm. uh, on a hill. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, so, oh, this is the first Marvel movie that has a lovemaking scene. Yeah. I noticed that. Yeah, it got a bit raunchy. <laughs> Ian's like, like um, I didn't mean to be quite so I saw that. I, like, I saw that. I, yes! That was so good. <laughs> I'm waiting for the Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah. 18 years and I finally get one. <laughs> yeah. Um, But yeah, it, I think that the movie is just choppy. And I don't think that there's a really good flow to it. There's characters. When you have... When you have a movie that has 10 new heroes being introduced, you don't need to introduce the 11th <laughs> or, or I guess technically the 12th, you yeah, know, it depends on how many, like, how many post-credit scenes deep you go. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, it's too much for a movie that doesn't say anything. Yeah. Also, I don't feel like they were very well f- uh, you know, fleshed out characters. I felt like th- that uh, a good portion of them were, uh, instead of being a person, I'm using quotes here, so, you know, mm-hmm. a person, they were their power. And that's what they were to the movie. Yeah. They didn't serve any moral compass or, you know, uh, diverging opinion. They were, you know, what the, the celestials made them to be, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, a yeah. weapon or something like that, and yeah, it was. I I don't know if this is. I probably won't say this is my least favorite Marvel movie, but it's definitely in the bottom. It's it's close for me, but I but again, I you know, I always like or love them. Like it's it, this is the first time where where my instant reaction wasn't either like or love. There are some that my instant reaction has been like that later on I've been, and oh, that's just okay. But you know, when a Marvel movie comes out, I, you know, I always have that bias, that recency bias thing that happens with me. I'm like, Oh my goodness, that's mm-hmm. fun. That's really fun. And I didn't have that as much with this one. And I just, I do think a lot of that is, yeah, it's trying to do too much. Um, and it just, it doesn't have enough time to do it. Uh, it, yeah, it either needed to be simplified and cut down or expanded into something else where we could get to know these characters and their relationships better because so much mm-hmm. stuff 
I mean, we can move into the plot. I mean, so much stuff in this plot comes out of nowhere to me. Like, there's there are major plot moments in plot uh, uh, transitions that I'm like, the movie hasn't set that up. Like, the movie maybe <laughs> had a sentence one time earlier where it was like, you know, kind of put us in that direction, but um, but it's just it, there's just not enough time to set up where this movie wants to go plot wise uh, either with its characters. So. Um, it kind of flies in the face of all of the work that they did with setting up the individual movies and then doing the yeah, Avengers. Yeah, it's like, the opposite, right? Easily, yeah. yeah, this could have easily been a Gilgamesh and Friends film, uh, Thena and Friends, whatever. Do, do a, Marvel has the capital and has the goodwill to have done even three standalone films and then an Eternals film where they all group up sure. together if they didn't want to go the, the miniseries. I still think miniseries would have been perfect yeah. to give them the scope for what they wanted to do but it's almost like they felt Eternals deserve something more and it deserves a bit more event and stuff but no one knows who the Eternals are yeah well not no one uh, <laughs> that's the biggest problem not no, not no one but you're, clearly you're not, cinema goer. clearly 33.3 percent no. of this podcast uh probably knew who they were yes, before this i'm movie, sure that's but... extreme we're an extremely representative <laughs> i knew portion of society of the, i knew of the eternals <laughs> yeah i've never read a single eternal comic see there you go uh, even our well then that's saying a lot you're from the the marvel dude yeah yeah mm -hmm. so well yeah i was gonna say andrew's a dc guy but he's definitely Sorry. a comic guy but i, uh, I for sure I, i'm a comic guy first but i prefer dc mm -hmm. either who i i just i look at this movie and i'm like okay so i don't like the characters i don't like the tempo i don't like the story turns so is the only thing that i'm liking about this movie just i think that there are some really cool fight scenes if that's the case i don't know what this movie is saying i mean it's a it's a it's a two and a half hour let's get the band back together mm -hmm. for something that and, and then also, the front man leaves <laughs> I, yeah i have another thought i, I want to ask you guys what you said andrew just kind of clicked me into this and um I, there is an element of this movie that is trying to set up these Eternals as this super elite, powerful force that only hasn't intervened because that's not their job, right? Like that's those are the big themes here. That's what we're being told. However, don't seem is, that powerful. That's where I'm going. However, as the movie goes on, I'm going. How is this? How is this any more powerful than any of the superheroes we've already seen, and much less powerful than many we've seen? And also, are we kind of stealing X Men's thunder here? Like, I mean, it, it kind of like it's just. It, it was one of those weird things where I'm like, I don't, I don't think these actual superheroes bring me anything interesting or new. Mm -hmm. um, it, is it just the thing of their creation and how they were made and that they are aliens or, you know, we find well, out more about... Well, I know that's about... all wrong. <laughs> when, when you say wrong, you mean different than the comics? Is that what you mean? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, like, you know, is, is the stuff we're learning in this movie, is it just supposed to be about them? Um, and, and if so, okay, that's great. That's just not what the, the MCU has done before. Like, you know, it, because, and, and if that's the case, then you don't do the two post credit scene. You don't throw another character in there. Who's in there for 10 minutes of the entire movie. And you don't at the end say Eternals will return. Like if, if you're not making it interconnected to everything else for a purpose, for a reason, then just make a standalone movie. 
do it, Marvel. I dare you. I dare you. Just make a standalone movie <laughs> if that's what you want to do, right? I mean, am I wrong about that? A single bottle story. No, yeah. no, no. I don't think. I actually thought X Men as well because I thought, wow, why didn't you just make this an X Men movie? Like, mm-hmm. if you you need something big now that the Avengers have are gone, Thanos is dealt with the phase one, two, and three have all built to Endgame. Mm-hmm. You need something big to relaunch it. So why not make it the X Men? Why not make it the Fantastic Four? This just feels like such a weird time to bring the Eternals in well, as well. It's clear for Marvel that Spider-Man can't get here soon enough. Like it is clear oh, that that movie is going to launch them into whatever they're doing, you know, with this yeah, next 100%. stage. And absolutely, yeah. So an- another interconnected question. Um, maybe this is spoilery. I don't know. Um, there are ten of them. Yes, ten, Andrew, that I'm talking about. Ten of these Eternals, uh, and they sure. and they have rings. That's fine. Um, the movie doesn't not expo- ten rings, but but boy, can you can you like uh, can you blame can somebody for mistaking it that way? Like you know, you understand yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, like that's it's yeah. really interesting. Yeah, they they dropped the ball. <laughs> but I do want to go back to I did like it. Like I think going back to what you said about it going for a swing, this is such a it's a bold movie like it is swinging mm-hmm. for a big grand epic story it just feels like it's been positioned wrong mm-hmm. whether that's been positioned at the cinema being positioned as this post pandemic movie um it, it doesn't feel like we're quite in phase four yet and it feels like the eternals deserves to be the climax of something not the beginning of something mm-hmm. yeah but just because a movie goes like for a big swing doesn't mean that it's good. I mean, there's a reason Merle didn't go to the pros and signs, you know, just because he swang all the time doesn't mean he's going to hit. Yeah. No, I don't think it completely misses either. Not for me anyway. I, there's enough in it that I enjoy. I don't know if I'm going to go back to it ever again, but <laughs> it is interesting, right? I can see myself watching certain scenes maybe, but no, uh-huh. I, I, I don't not... think I'd want to actually sit through the whole thing again. Yeah. I'm, I'm not necessarily eager to as well. That's interesting. I hadn't really thought about it. I mean, what a simple question. Hey, are you excited to see it again? Hadn't asked myself no. that question. The answer is no. The answer is I, I'm, mm. I, you know, you're good. You've seen it. Uh, yeah, I'm good. I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, maybe a couple years down the line, if I'm doing some sort of Marvel rewatch, and now those characters are more integrated and important for some reason, mm-hmm. and I want to go back and see if I missed any, you know, kind of stuff that they were groundwork they were laying, maybe, but. Initially, no, I'm not. I'm not all that excited to see it again. So, yeah, no, that's a that's a good question. Any final thoughts uh, on the Eternals before we move on to our second review? Two post credit scenes. Yes, as as we will be uh, absolutely conversing about in the Sift spoil. So uh, that should be up in your uh, podcast feed as well. We'll do some spoilers talk, obviously, on the on Eternals, not the Eternals. Eternals, right? No, the drop the. Oh, is it? Oh, just, eternals. just eternals just eternals i really i could pull it off as that's how they marketed it over here <laughs> <laughs> sure they sure they did the, Ian. sure they did yeah. uh, my last thought was the final a decision a character makes at the very end of the film infuriated me mm. and we'll yeah transition into spoilers yeah no, I'm with you. We get a lot to talk about the spoilers. Yeah, and and it's one of those mini character decisions that there just wasn't enough time to set it's up. It's not grounded. In it's not grounded anything. in anything. It doesn't yeah. feel paid off at all. Yeah. Well, there you go. There are our thoughts on Eternals, uh, the new Marvel movie. Um, 
I don't know how this is the too big to fail thing. You ask me, do I recommend mm-hmm. this movie? Yeah, I do. You know why? Because yes, it's a Marvel absolutely. movie. I, it's like yeah. it's a weird thing. Like even even as you know limited as it is, I mean, maybe wait till it's you know on you know 4K Blu-ray or something. And I I will tell you my feeling. And I don't know if it's just our IMAX or whatever. I watched this in IMAX, and I just wanted to be home. I just wanted to be watching it on my, you know, my TV at home. Like some of the, there's some dark scenes in this movie that I couldn't tell what was going on, um, and it's just like, man, and and I was That's like, weird. and there it was crowded for the first. It was my first crowded movie since the end of the That's pandemic, different. and it feels yeah. so weird, guys. It feels yeah, so it does. weird. Um, so Wait, Spencer wasn't crowded. <laughs> no. <laughs> Speaking of Spencer, let's move why, on. Why let's review <laughs> Spencer. Your Royal Highness. Mommy. Family are all gathered in the drawing room. They are waiting. Three days. That's it. Just a serious about you so stand very still and smile a lot they know everything they don't uh, Spencer covers a critical weekend in the early 90s when Princess Diana decided her marriage to Prince Charles wasn't working and that she needed to veer from a path that put her in line to one day be queen yeah that explains this movie totally uh, Spencer uh, is Kristen Stewart uh, as Diana, and uh, pretty I could mention other like Sally Hawkins is in this um, as Maggie, great role. Timothy Spall is chewing Timothy some scenery Spall here. Is Sean Harris, yeah. Oh, so yeah, there, but this is a Kristen Stewart uh, spectacle. This is her movie um, in so many ways. Uh, this comes to us from uh, Pablo Lorraine, uh, who you uh, might know did the Jackie movie as well, which I very similar vibes uh, to this and Jackie, yeah. um, if, if you ever got a chance to see that. Uh, what did you guys think? Uh, did you love it, like it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Andrew, you get to start this time. I really did not like it. Ooh, not lo- not not close to hating it, but a firm really didn't like it. Firm didn't like uh, Ian. I respect <laughs> all of the. This is it's, I still. It's always going to be good when right. you start with I respect. Yeah, truth be told, I haven't decided. So both these films I've seen in the last six hours, I don't know. Oh, wow, but I I respect all of the performances in this film, but I don't like it. Yeah. Okay, guys. Well, this what a fun show. Um, I, I am am waffling on this one quite a bit as well. I think there are there's enough here that I cannot say that I didn't like it. There's not enough here that I can say I liked it. So I'm gonna have to go, and it was just okay again. Um, but it's and a, that might be where I end up long term. It, it, it's a different kind of just okay than the just mm-hmm. okay of Eternals, right? Like yeah. it's it, it's definitely one of those things where I I guess I'll start because I, you know um, Ian. It sounds like we kind of have similar feelings, but you started last time, so place. I yeah. I I will go ahead and start. Um, I just don't think it's my kind of movie. I I just don't like I I felt the same way about Jackie. I just there's something about turning 
this real life person into almost a uh, final girl horror character. Like there's <laughs> there's something about this weekend that is very like. Um, oh, what was what was the movie about the the uh, game the death games in the mansion? Ready or not? Ready or not? It's almost like Ready or Not Royals style, right? Like it's 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 battle royale, <laughs> battle battle royals. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it just it just doesn't it doesn't work for me because I want to go. Yeah, but that's not real. That's not really Diana. That's not you know. This is this hyped yeah. up, amped up totally um you know uh sensationalized stylized kind of thing now do i respect the art of it absolutely like there is stuff being done here with sound and music mm -hmm. and shots that the i was music just like, in this is incredible yeah, i was just like best wow technically there's some really good stuff going on here um and and I think it will deservedly get nominations in some of that stuff, mm -hmm. you know, costuming, probably music, those kind of things. I mean, I think Christian Stewart is a lock for a uh, a best actress nomination, really, um, without a doubt. Uh, I did not like her. Well, that's that's fine. I mean, I'm not even saying that I think it, it it will be the best performance of the year. I'm just saying I think this is exactly the kind of performance nod, yeah. that that Absolutely. will get a nod and maybe even a win. So yeah, that's crazy. I think that she is just pushing so hard with this performance mm -hmm. that it didn't seem believable. Yeah, it didn't seem like a. It felt kind for me honestly. It felt like uh, I I don't know her Twilight character's name, but uh, it felt like you know she was doing that uh that same character just with a British accent, you know, she'd do the, uh, and then look away from the, you know, like just that cliche thing that she did. It didn't seem like a genuine representation of who everybody in the planet knows who princess die was, you know, but does anybody it's, know who princess die was? That's the question, right? As much as everybody thinks they know who she was, does anybody really know who she was? Well, okay. Let's okay. Let's let's run with that. Let's yeah. run with that. Yeah. Let's say that this is a movie where it's like, oh, what if this is who she was like behind closed doors and right. stuff like that? When you add so much ridiculousness, like uh, uh, phantoms, and you know, like uh, um, I'll just say mirages, just mm -hmm. for a simpler term, because I doubt we're gonna do spoilers in this movie. No. Um, but uh, you know that that negates any type of possibility that this is probably who this person actually was, you know? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> uh, here's my biggest, biggest issue with this movie. This movie says what it wants to say in the first 10 to 15 minutes of the movie. And it just continues to repeat that message over and over again for the next two and a half hours that being a Royal and being in this family is not fun and it's hard, you yeah. know, it doesn't expand upon that at all. It doesn't, there's no growth like who every single person is at the beginning of this movie is exactly who they are whenever they leave. Yeah, I disagree with that. On Boxing Day. I disagree Ooh. with that. Uh, yeah, no, the, the Diana character is definitely Diana. going through an evolution in this movie, in this entire movie. She is mm -hmm. completely different. I didn't feel it. 
I mean, that's what that whole last scene is about, is how different is she in the drive away from that that castle than she was in the drive to that castle? Yeah. Like, that's that's it's, kind of the whole point of the movie, is that she has escaped. telegraphed. Yeah. Yeah, like, the beginning is, I mean, there's three occasions where you can kind of plot her growth, and it's, she lashes out and says, oh, no, no, don't, don't tell them that I'm going to cut up the dress. And then it's, no, tell them I'm masturbating. And then at the end, it's, I don't care, I'm going to tell them myself. So that's yeah. kind of her journey in kind of, Three simple jumps. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm really relieved pretty much what you've both said because I felt like an absolute ass for not liking this film. <laughs> I was like, I Shame really, on I just... you. You're you're losing your your English, you know, citizenship, you know. I just so. I it, it's just I can tell that so much artistry and effort and passion has gone into making this film that I should like it but I just don't and I think my biggest problem is that so if you're doing a biography and you're doing a biopic then you've got some you've done some research you've got some stuff to base on but this is self-titled a fable it's correct based on not a biopic yeah right this is not a biopic this is taking influence from um, Diana Spencer, her life and everything. This is so a feel-good family Christmas movie. That's, you know... 100%. This is... <laughs> yeah. Home Alone, double feature, back-to-back, yeah. Um, it took me so... a second to realize the bit you were doing. I'm like, well, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, sarcasm's a thing, right. <laughs> yes. Um, so when it comes to that, I then have to treat it as essentially a work of fiction. Mm-hmm. And for me, it wasn't... It wasn't nuanced enough to be that. So this film has an agenda. Like I totally agree with what you said, Andrew. It has an agenda. It has a point that it's trying to prove. It's that these people are terrible. Diana is essentially um, the damsel in distress. She has to rescue herself from this situation. Life is terrible for her. And that's the point it makes for the entire two hours that mm-hmm. that we sit there. Now, yes, I think she does have some growth and she does go on a journey herself. But the environment that surrounds her is is pretty much unchanging. We get a little bit of a glimpse that Charles has his own battles and his own frustrations with life. The kids are frustrated. The Queen doesn't necessarily hate her, but just sees her as a literally a resource and something that isn't really important. Um, so for me, it's kind of taking all of the stuff that the tabloid newspapers would communicate to us and shove down our throats even to this day but put it in a prestige film and put it in some fancy wrapping. For me, it just felt like a tabloid story that had been turned up to 11. There was no nuance of perhaps they're, they're not all absolute terrible bastards. I mean, there's a good chance they are. But if you're doing work, making a work of fiction, I'd like a bit more nuance in my story than just they're all evil. Well, and that's in, in the movie plays in some areas we know are real right it plays in the areas of uh, diana's eating uh disorder right like these Mm -hmm. are these are things we're aware of are based in reality enough that it it, there's a cognitive dissonance with the other part of it that just feels so over the top so fictional so like Mm -hmm. i said it is it is a horror movie this is a horror film um, the way the way the music works is discordant uh, and builds to, you know, like the same way a horror movie does. There's literal, you know, haunted mansions. <laughs> like this is, this is... I will push back a little bit on the on the haunted stuff because I'm, I mean, it's not from personal experience, but bulimia and things like that can cause hallucinations. And if she was essentially starving herself, I don't mm-hmm. disbelieve that she sure. 
it doesn't mean that there was literally a phantom appearing, but I believe that that was her manifesting some internal struggle and especially how how much of that journey she actually spent alone. Like she had very limited time with the kids. The one handmaiden dresser, whatever that she liked, wasn't Maggie. there for her. Maggie, thank you. Um, she spent so much time alone where she has to internalise what's going on. I can see, I don't really have a problem with that manifesting in Anne Boleyn or whoever else appeared. Yeah. I want to say this. Uh, there's uh, Speaking of one of the characters we just recently mentioned, there's a... Uh, a uh, confession, I guess you could say, that mm-hmm. comes out of nowhere and affects the story zero. I uh, loved I, that moment. I, and I that's disagree. my favorite part of the movie. It's my favorite bit of the film. Really? <laughs> Wait, I, yeah. Really? You don't need yeah. me. I'd love to know why. I, I really would love me. to know why. <laughs> I, what, what, go ahead, Ian. How go does ahead. it? How does it move the story? How does it? Or what did it do for you? So for me, um, it, I think it was completely telegraphed. Like it was, and I, I don't know that, the, that there's any backstory to that or there's any truth to it. It's not something I was aware of, but it sure. was so it was so clear that Maggie was in love with her. Just the, it, and it was really, really well done. It was the way that she called her beautiful and the way that she acted around her in a way she was the only person that would tell her what she needs to do, but also understand what she's going through. Now, I don't think for a second it was reciprocated, but the the moment when it actually happened just felt pure. And it wasn't because Maggie needed to say it. It was because Maggie knew that Diana needed to hear it. And it didn't make it any less true. It's just that, that shock and enjoyment. And it was such a pure moment. It was never going to be they kiss and go off into the sunset. It was just... This is, there is still a mutual respect there, and Diana loves her in her own way, even if Maggie loves her in a romantic way. Um, and if any, if it, I'm not saying, I don't think it had to do anything for the plot, but I think what it did do was free Diana a little bit into making her own kind of coming out to the family and saying, I'm going to take my kids to KFC. And that was her version of breaking the breaking the rules, etc. It's the, now, that's it, my. It's the absolute. It's the absolute crux of her final decision. It is. It is. Yes. There. There is a a moment during that. And and again, what I love about it beyond what it does for the character or the plot or any of those things technically, is it is one of the more authentic feeling scenes in the movie. Absolutely. And it feels like there's something real there. The way it's mm-hmm. acted, the way it's handled, uh, is the most authentic I see. And maybe that's purposeful. Um, you know, uh, it didn't feel token or tacked on it. Felt it felt human, like right? And, at that, and, and maybe that's purposeful yeah. because at that moment, Di- Diana in the story we're seeing is becoming human for the first time. She's she mm-hmm. she is becoming to a place where she is able to say, "Oh, I I am a human being worthy of love, worthy mm-hmm. of making my own choices, worthy of standing up for myself." Those kind of things in that moment. And that's what that does for her. She also says in that scene, and uh, it is it is one of the most beautiful and also terrible things said in the entire movie for different reasons. She says something along the lines of, you don't need doctors. You just need love. <laughs> you know? oh, it's so bad. It's like, no, no, no. That's will also help. Like, both that's things right. can be true. That's right. Both things are okay. You don't have to <laughs> have one, them. not the other. Yeah. But what the movie uh-huh. is trying to say, and I think is saying in that movie, is that is what Diana needs. She needs to know that as a human being, 
She is cared mm-hmm. for. She is loved. She is not a a something to put on a pedestal, something to take a picture yeah. of, something to display, something to parade with the like. certain dress that she's supposed to wear at yeah. this certain moment. It's just somebody saying that you are a worthy human being of love beyond any of that stuff. That's what she's supposed yeah. to hear. It's just unfortunate the the way it's said also <laughs> kind of diminishes like mental health in some ways, which yeah, is, yeah, is really bad. Um, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Here's why I think Jackie, the movie, works, and this one doesn't for me. They both are about, <clears throat> you know, the leading actress, or I mean, our leading heroine, in a very specific moment in their life, mm-hmm. you know. Where I think Jackie works is the fact that the moment in time of of Jackie's life that is being, you know, shown on screen is vastly more profound and, you know, emotionally impactful than the moment we're seeing with Princess Di. You know, in Jackie, it's right after Kennedy gets shot, you know, right Mm -hmm. after. Here, it's a holiday weekend, which if this had been, you know, uh, the moments leading up to, and I, I don't mean that I think this would be entertaining by any stretch of the imagination. I don't want that to come across to what I'm saying. If this had been like, you know, the moments leading like the day of, you know, the car accident, you know, or something like, or something along those lines that, that had a profound emotional effect on not only the character, but also the audience. Like, the moment, you know, JFK was assassinated, that had a profound emotional effect on the world. And this is an inside look on how it affected somebody else. In this yeah. movie, this is not an impactful moment on the society as a whole. So it's just a very personal moment that we're being led into, but we don't have any context for why. Besides the fact that we know that Charles and Di didn't, you know, get along at the end, you know, it's something along the beginning to be honest. That's true. Am I making sense or I hear what you're saying. I think I just, I I think I just maybe disagree a little bit. Like I I do think the movie is, is trying to paint this weekend as a crucial weekend for this character. Like that this, this is that big of a weekend. Well, but But well, so is the movie about us or is it about them or like, you know, like it's, I, I don't know. Honest, I'm going to be honest. Like I, my my meter is kind of going up the more we talk about this movie because I continue to oh, remember going down for me. That's crazy. <laughs> I, I continue to remember I think scenes. Moved into, uh, I continue to remember okay. scenes that I just I just think they're they're really brilliant at bringing. Like I'm remembering scenes of her with her kids and some of the things she's doing about letting them open Christmas presents on Christmas and like that. That is exactly what this movie about. Now, does that mean this movie is saying the same thing over and over again for two hours, like you said? Uh, yes, it does. But I think it says it in different ways and builds this case that you know Diana is trapped, but she isn't trapped. And when she'll when will she realize she's not actually trapped? You know, and um, I, I think it's really well done. I really do think at the end of the day, it's really well done. Um, I just I think it's it comes- definitely exaggerated. You know that that still yeah. stands, uh, and and that's exactly this is where it comes from. It's not a it. This isn't this is a fictional piece of work that's almost pitched as nonfiction. This is this weekend represents everything that Diana experienced over a 10, 15 year period mm-hmm. condensed into three days, which is why it feels fantastical and it feels over the top and almost a bit, um, almost a bit like kind of reductive, but 
it, there's no way all of that happened in one weekend. It, we, well, it and like you said, the movie it's admits it, right? The movie yes, admits it right at the beginning. It says it's yeah. a fable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it, interesting. It, Dune part one does. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, any final thoughts on Spencer? No post credit scene. I was waiting for the introduction of a of a new character uh, in a post credit scene. Of the 13th yeah. Eternal? That would have been really yeah. weird considering I hadn't watched yeah. Eternal yet. <laughs> it made and, me... I, I'm, I'm, this is weird, but it made me realize how close I am in age to Harry. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, so I'm right around the same... I think he's a year or two older than I am. So like seeing him, I was like, yeah, I I remember your mom at that age too, because that's how I remember her. You know. Yeah. You said Harry. Is did this... you mean William? No, no William Harry, is. Right? He's uh, thirty-nine, the... I think. William's the eldest. Right. right? I Harry's thought you were talking youngest. about the eldest. Oh, Harry's the youngest. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah, I think right. Harry's thirty-seven, thirty-eight, thirty-six, somewhere around there. But he's. I know. I know that he's closer to my age. William so, is closer uh, to my age, uh, so maybe that's why I yeah. was thinking that. Um, <laughs> I'll let you have the um, last final thing, Ian. Or do you have anything yeah, else you want to... Do you have one? one? I, the, it, uh, no, no, no. Hold on. I'll, I'll do mine first. I'll let you, you go, go last. Go okay, yeah. okay. My one last thing um, has to do with the line of succession for the royal family. Now, you've got the queen, and then you've got um, Charles, who's next, right? Yep. But then William... But then William's after Charles, right? Isn't, isn't yeah. William yes. next in line? Like third in line? I was thinking yeah. during... I was thinking during this movie... How appropriate it would be if when the monarchy gets handed down to William, that's when the monarchy ends. That William is the one who makes that call and say, as Diana's kid says, you know, like Uh that just that to me, there's such a beautiful poetry in that. Now, it may happen before then. It may not happen then. I don't know. Um, But Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I just got to thinking, how cool would it be if that kid that we're seeing there is the one at the end of the day when he is king is like, we don't need kings and queens. Let's be done with this. Let's figure out a different thing. Um, I just thought that might be an interesting and beautiful way for the monarchy, quote unquote, to quote unquote end, whatever that means. Um, So, yeah. There's a genuine school of thought that he may actually do that. Though I I don't think we are many generations away from that happening. I don't think William's going to be the one to do it because there's loads of ceremonial things that they still do. But... Man, for the sake of his kids, perhaps he might. Maybe he he just might think, you know what? I don't want my kids to go through this. Yeah, yeah. Anyhow, uh, Ian, finish us off. What's your one last thing? Um, I was just trying to remember why I didn't like this film. Um, and <laughs> I, I, I do because come... it's two and a half hours of nonstop melancholy. It's not even that's... two hours long. It's Andrew. two hours. It's not. It's an hour and like fifty, isn't it? Hour and yeah. fifty-six. Yeah. Is it like really? That. Yeah. It felt yeah, like it wasn't two hours. Okay, it's an hour and fifty of pure melancholy. <laughs> besides one moment at the very end that's saved by Mike and the mechanics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is and Ian's final thought brought to you by <laughs> Andrew's final thought. <laughs> Um, yeah, my final it it is it, oh man it's technically I really really like this film but the story just doesn't do anything for me it's so, it has such an agenda it's so one sided it's so one note um, mm-hmm. that's where I land I just I want to I want to like it I want to respect it something is happening here but it's it's not for me yeah well there you go that is spencer it is in theaters and i don't think i mentioned with the eternals that is also uh in theaters only um so you can check out those two movies uh i would give 
give even a little bit of a recommend to this if you if you are into uh, like technically astounding kind of things. If you're more of a awards baity kind of movie watcher, uh, this definitely falls into that category of something you might want to check out. Otherwise, it's probably not for you. Um, all right, let's move into the best ever challenge. But before we do, just want to thank our members of Sif Pop. Uh, membership starts at three bucks a month. Lots of fun stuff goes on with that. We just recorded our members only pre-show uh, that comes with one of the levels where we uh, cast the entire MCU um, with people who aren't in the <laughs> MCU uh, yet. And when I say we, what I mean is Andrew. Uh, cast the entire uh, MCU. Uh, Ian and I were just like, hey, I want to see this person in the MCU. Um, but if you want to hear that conversation, uh, you can as a Sif Pop member. There's also other sorts of fun stuff there. I will also say our Sif uh, Pop family meeting where we do a live Q&A every month for a certain level of membership is going to be open to all Sif Pop members for Christmas uh, for December. So that'll be the first Monday in December. Um, that happens at... 5 p.m. I almost said 6. I think that's 5 p.m. Central on <laughs> the first Monday in uh, December if you want to uh, drop by for some Q&A uh, as a Sif Pop member. You can check all that out at patreon.com slash Pop. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's move into the Best Ever Challenge. Best Ever Physical Transformation Movies. These are movies where one of the main characters has undergone a huge physical transformation to get ready for the role of some sort. This is in honor of Kumail and maybe even Kristen Stewart uh, a little bit. She certainly uh, mm -hmm. definitely looks a lot like uh, a die in this one. But more, this is more for uh, like what Kumail did in uh, For the Eternals. Um this is a fun one. We'll go number five to number one, and if you have something yeah. a little bit higher, feel free to uh, to trump that. Trump. Um, Andrew, why don't you kick us off? What you got at number five? Number five. This is where I have Natalie Portman in Black Swan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's trump. a good choice. Oh, it's trumped. Black ah, Swan has been trumped. Uh, let's see. Ian. Aaron. No, Ian, go next. <laughs> um, no. I, what, what I noticed about this category is that there are some glaring films I haven't seen that I mm. must, must, must watch, and I feel bad mm. for having not watched them. Um, but at number five, I had Anne Hathaway in Les Mis. Yeah, yeah, that works, for sure. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, I really like this film. I, I, I still, the first thing I think of is that Russell Crowe can't sing. But if you just put it <laughs> I don't to, think he's that put, bad. Put it, he is. Put it to one side <laughs> just for a second. Um, the rest of the film, I really, really like it. Um, yeah. Hugh Jackman's great. Um, Anne Hathaway's great. Everyone's great. It's just, I like this film a lot. I'm not a big musicals person, but I, I really like this film. Do you also like uh, Phantom of the Opera and Fast Food and Pheasants? Um, <laughs> yes, yes, and no, but not in that order. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, no, I I enjoy Les Mis, uh quite a bit actually. Um, there's some. Um, I remember the first time watching Anne Hathaway's big, you know, uh, show-stopping moment in that movie, and just being like, "Oh, okay, there you Ooh. go. You you've got that in your that. back pocket." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, my number five is uh, Shia LaBeouf in Fury. Um, this is one of those that's not as well known. <laughs> the physical known. transformation of ripping out your own teeth. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, I, wait, what? He yes, he had his own teeth actually ripped out just so he could out. feel more of nope. what it, I know. Like he did a couple other no. things for this movie too. He didn't and, shower. He slept in the tank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. fine. That's fine. That's not <laughs> pulling your teeth out of your head. Actually, Ian, I don't know that any of it's fine. And let's be clear, like, uh, the, it's nobody called, else on set thought it was fine either. Yeah, it's it's called <laughs> no one else in the tank did acting. Okay, no. guys, it's called acting. You can no, it's not. act. Um, this yeah, stu- no, exactly. You, you yeah. don't have to do this stuff to act. Uh-huh. Um, you know, anytime you start getting into stuff like this, I, I get a little. And there's and there are rumors of even more terrible things that that Shy has done to get ready for for roles, and I'm not going to say them specifically because yeah. I don't know that they're confirmed as anything mm-hmm. more than rumors. But I will just say there there is this level of supposed commitment uh, that some actors have, and I want to make sure as we're talking about this physical transformation thing, it's not honoring these choices. We're just saying that these choices were mm-hmm. made. And um, and those movies that resulted from them are good for for maybe completely yeah. different reasons. We're saying the movies are good, exactly. not the actual yeah. physical yeah. transformation. Yeah. I Pretty like much Fury. all of them have categorically said this was a bad thing for me to do, and I feel like <laughs> I was going to die. All of them have said this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and uh, they're being paid tens of thousands of dollars to do it. Uh, Fury is a really intense, really good movie. I enjoy it. I think Brad Pitt's uh, incredible in it. Shy is actually really good in it. Um, you know, I, I Logan enjoy Lerman him. is crazy good. In that. Yeah, uh, there's a lot to love about this movie. Um, so if you haven't got a chance to see Fury, um, yeah. So and I'm that's... surprised because oh, go ahead. The tooth. Okay, go ahead, Andrew. Yeah, <laughs> say, I'm surprised because uh, I'm surprised that this movie is as mixed reviewed as it is because yeah. i think this movie is astounding but there's a pretty good portion of the people out there who don't like this movie yeah and i i don't know what they expected whenever they went in to see it because I, it's exactly the movie i thought it was going to be yeah but uh it's it's a rough watch I'll, I'll say that it's a very rough watch it's very graphic yeah uh, what you got but, at number four yeah, andrew it's good uh this is where i got joaquin phoenix and joker Oh, yeah. That's right. You like that movie. <laughs> I do like this movie. I like this movie a lot. Yeah, you I do. I really like this movie. Yeah, you do. Um, I'm with you, actually. I really like yeah. it. Um, the physical transformation, the way that he made himself look so gangly and stuff, and how that in turn trans transcended itself into the way he danced in this movie. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. so 
it looks painful, but also beautiful. It's one of the best performances by an actor ever. Um, and I think that the mu- movie is beautifully shot. I think it's a fascinating alternative universe for the origin story of the Joker. But uh, yeah, nice. like, unlike Aaron, I really like this movie. <laughs> uh, Ian, what do you got at number four? Uh, this is where I had Black Swan. So yeah, not, not okay. far off. Okay. Um, you have to respect what she went through for this movie and just her performance and... Um, yeah. Natalie Portman is the best. I mean, it's between this and um, V for Vendetta as well. I feel like she had a similar kind of transformation, but this is the the tentpole for for her definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I was. Yeah. I th- when did this movie come out? Two thousand eight. Boy, yeah, I'm I think bad it was two thousand eight because it was the year after like a No Country for Old Men and uh, yeah, it might actually be two thousand nine. Let me check. Yeah, I just remember this film. It's two thousand ten. Okay, so I was. I wasn't a teenager then. But anyway, I remember this being quite early in my, I'm going to think about movies other than The Mask and Back to the Future. <laughs> and this one just hit me in a, whoa, that's a story. That's a, that's a well-made yeah. film. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, my number four is uh, Sylvester Stallone and Rocky uh, is my number four. Um and he went through his own physical transformation uh, and with for his own movie, for his own reason. You know, Rocky is one of those movies that the more stories you hear about how that movie got made, <laughs> the more amazing it becomes. And uh, it's just an absolutely uh, incredible film as as well. So, yeah. I didn't Rocky even think about it, but I think you're right. It's just I've, since I was his first movie, I've, I haven't seen him look any different you know <laughs> yeah no that's fair <laughs> that is fair yeah. that's obviously fair but no you're absolutely right yeah uh andrew what do you got at uh, number three everybody's favorite family film american history x edward norton <laughs> yes this is one of the ones that's a huge lift, list of shame for me it's it's crazy because i think uh correct me if i'm wrong i think he did primal fear like right before this and then he had to put on like thirty pounds of muscle mm-hmm. to be an American History X. Yeah, uh, what a fun, happy-go-lucky movie. That you know, it's that is a movie. The more you hear the behind-the-scenes stories from that movie, the the more terrible you feel about it. <laughs> like, no. that is, like that is one of the key movies that that many people say Edward Norton gets his uh, reputation from yeah. is some of the stuff that happened in the making of that. Um, yeah. movie but yeah 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 uh, American History but X but it's good it's good it's uh, yeah I agree it's I don't disagree fascinating movie so that's my number three Ian, Ian what do you got at number three um, I have got Tom Hardy in Bronson um, I am a yeah. huge huge Tom Hardy fan so I won't be impartial about him but I love this movie as well um, just what he's doing yeah it's a journey it's not it, yeah, it's not a family-friendly film. It's not an enjoyable journey, but I really oh. respect what he's doing in it. There is some brutal, some of the most brutal stuff you'll see Tom Hardy do. Um, yeah. But yeah, the man put on seven pounds a week for five weeks. Um, he basically looked like um, he looked as he did in Nemesis. Um, oh, the name's just gone out of my head. Not Nero. That's the other name. Whatever his name was in Star Trek Nemesis. Um, he was really scrawny, really, really horrible to just this huge, huge chunking Bronson of a man. Yeah, um, yeah just, yeah, it's a great film. I he had it. the same physique in this as he did for like Bane. 
Uh, yes. He, he's not. Yeah. He's not shredded. He's not like warrior shredded. You know. No, no, he's, no. He said he's he just, just had to put built. weight on and get it in yeah. the shoulders. But he said his legs still look like chicken drumsticks. Like all of this was upper. That's why you don't see his legs in the poster. <laughs> still not yeah, there. That's nice. nice. <laughs> it was still twiglets. Uh, let's see. My number three is yes. uh, Jake Gyllenhaal in Nightcrawler. Um, it was my first honorable mention. Is- Trump. Oh, we got a Trump for oh! Nightcrawler. Oh! Nice. Sorry, nice. I was so slow on the Trump. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. All right. All right, let's go to our number twos then. Andrew, what do you got at number two? Into the Wild, Emil Hirsch. Mm. At okay. the very end of this movie when he's losing all that weight because he can't find food. Sure. Uh, sure. What a beautifully told, beautifully shot story. It's a it's a it's a beautiful story of self-discovery that obviously ends in tragedy, but what the the journey of self-discovery and finding out what is important to you, and unfortunately it takes him too long to realize what truly is important and stuff. But Sean Penn, uh, if from what I know, he has he really directed that many movies? Because this is a beautifully directed movie. I so. think so. I think um, um, didn't he direct? Am I just thinking of acting? I thought he directed like Milk and some of the other stuff that he did. I could be completely wrong about this. Um, but yeah, I'll, yeah I'll, I don't know who directed. Yeah, look I'll, that up. I'll if look you it don't up. Mind. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, I mean the supporting cast in this is great. You got to really really like two second cameo from zach galifianakis but you got uh, vince vaughn is great like the people he meets along his journey it it's it not only you know makes the world around him feel real but it just lets you know how diverse different parts of america are and you know the unique people you'll meet along the way and that Kindness and beauty can be found everywhere if you uh, give it back. So yeah, yeah, it's it's one of my favorite movies. It's beautifully shot, beautifully scored. It's just a great movie. Uh, Sean Penn has directed a couple other films, but nothing. Okay. Uh, none of the ones I was thinking of. Milk actually was uh, Gus Van Sant um, directed that. So, but that's uh, right. But yeah, he he just had one come out this year called Flag Day that just kind of came and went, and um, so. Other than that, there's really not a lot uh, that he has actually directed. Um, all right, we're on our twos. So, Ian, what do you got at number two? This is where I had Nightcrawler. Oh. Um, hey. Much like Tom Hardy, Jake Gyllenhaal is just my man. Um, love everything he does. But I think this might be... It's either this or... Nah, I think this is my favorite Gyllenhaal performance. He's so creepy and so weird in this film i love it i love it to bits it's an I'd incredible such a unique I think film. you're right yeah. i think you're right it's an incredible it film um mm, so unique and he's so very good on it it's not it's it, it's creepy it's well done it's also prescient in so many ways um mm-hmm. it's it's about something that i think is valuable valuable and important to look at um Again, not something you'll sit the the you know the family down for you know Thanksgiving movie time or anything, but um, but yeah, uh, Nightcrawler is is pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good great stuff. Great film. Yeah, great film. Uh, my number two is Chris Pratt uh, for Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, yeah, uh, that is not the same Chris Pratt we saw in Parks and Recreation. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Star Lord. Which scene in particular gave that away? <laughs> oh, there's you know. that's a. 
I actually have Chris Pratt on my on my honorable mentions, but it's not for this movie. So. Oh, yeah, nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about Guardians a lot. It's just such a fun movie. It's so great. Yeah. I enjoy it very. very this much. is how you do a large cast, like a yeah. large main cast. You know, you got to get chemistry, and I think this is out of all Marvel properties. I think that chemistry shines more in the Guardians movies than any other, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's good stuff. I love it. All right, what are our number ones? Andrew, what do you got at number one? Da, 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 da. I'm going to go with T2 Judgment Day for Liz, uh, Lisa Hamilton. Uh, Linda, because where right? she? What did I Linda say? Linda Hamilton. Yeah, you no, just said, uh, you said Lisa. Her, yeah. <laughs> her sister Lisa oh, yeah. was her stunt double. Uh, yeah, so. I, actually, that's that's funny. She actually has a twin sister who was her stunt double. Oh, that is funny. Yeah. Not named yeah, Lisa, there's though. scenes. Yeah, I don't know her. Like uh, the scene where uh, at the end of T two, whenever like the T one thousand is pretending to be Linda Hamilton or Sarah Connor, and then she walks up behind with a shotgun and shoots through the stomach. You know, that's her twin sister. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's done several times in the movie. Uh, but yeah, Linda Hamilton is she. <laughs> she is definitely not the same Sarah Connor she was in the first Terminator movie. Ooh, you yeah. know, where she was, you With know. good reason. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> she's seen some stuff. So she has been preparing. That first scene we see her in the psych war where she has her bed flipped up and she's just doing pull-ups and stuff. You're like, dang, she is ready to fight something. Mm-hmm. Uh, T2, uh, one of the best movies ever made. It's... To this day, the visual effects are astounding, and they hold up so incredibly well. Yeah. For the time that it came out, it was the most expensive movie ever made, and uh, it shows. Yeah. It shows that it uh, they put the money to good use. That's just what Cameron does. When James Cameron makes yeah. a movie, he makes the most expensive movie he ever made. He makes the most expensive <laughs> just what movie he does. ever made. Yeah. Uh, Ian, right. what do you got at number so, one? Ian. Uh, Castaway, Tom Hanks. I have it as number yeah. one as well. Uh, so we Good can man. we can finish with yeah. Castaway. Yeah. Oh, I thought you guys were going to have film. it your number one, but okay. <laughs> ah. Um, yeah, he had to put on a ton of weight to start the film and then lose all of that to be where he was at the end. Um, cast. Oh, it's so good. Just it's a one man opera of a film. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so good. I just I. Still get shivers whenever he looks at fire. Look at what I have created! <laughs> and look, I who is he shouting it to? But have made fire. I would be the same. I have made fire. That mm-hmm. was me. I love it. It's such a great, great film. Yeah, I've never looked at an ice skate the same way again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Castaway is so good. Uh, I think it holds up. I I recently just watched the the plane crash scene from castaway it is so good like it is mm-hmm. it's incredible how intense and real it it's feels terrifying. and it is yeah. absolutely terrifying um so yeah if for some reason you haven't gotten around to uh spending time on a deserted island with tom hanks um this is today. this is the time wilson <laughs> cried over a volleyball the movie yeah. made me cry over a volleyball that's power that's the power of movies right there it's an empathy it. machine yeah. Uh, let's talk honorable mentions. Um, I have five. Go ahead. Why don't you just uh, throw them out there, Andrew? Uh, the one that I thought you guys were going to have as your number ones was Dallas Buyers Club. Not yeah. only for McConaughey, but also Jared Leto. Both of them went through a physical transformation mm-hmm. that was 
astonishing. Um, it's a good very movie. Very well deserved. It's a good movie. It I just it just wasn't quite uh, in my top five. It was it was in my honorable mentions. So yeah, Fair. list of shame for me that one. That one and the Machinist are both list of shame that I need to watch. <laughs> I mean, I don't like the Machinist. I don't. It, it, yeah. The movie doesn't say anything. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's probably the most striking and shocking physical transformation an actor has ever done. Mm-hmm. You know, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it, it it doesn't do anything for me. Um, the other Chris Pratt movie I was thinking was Zero Dark Thirty, mm-hmm. where he sure. was the Navy SEAL. He put sure. on some oh, yeah, muscle yeah. for that movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, it no list would be incomplete without Charlize Theron in Monster. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Or uh, what's the uh, one that she just did where everybody thought she was in it, but it was actually the real person. Uh, about Fox News and stuff was oh, it? Uh, Megan Kelly when she was in I forget Megan, what that movie was, was called. When, called, when Megan yeah. Kelly told everybody that she was Charlize Theron, yeah. <laughs> that's how good she was. Yeah, yeah. got it. Yeah, <laughs> um, Captain America: First Avenger, Chris Evans. I, yeah, I, I, I don't mean, think. He's always I mean, been he was built, he was but yeah, he, he was built. But what he did to get to that level, yeah, was yeah great. Uh, and then every single person in Three Hundred. <laughs> what you enough. mean all of the computers in 300 yeah <laughs> that did the no they the, i mean you look at like a behind the scenes those guys got ripped they got they got buff yeah. but yeah obviously there's some cgi going on to make those abs glisten mm. a little bit but uh it's like um, i love 300 brain. i think 300 is a critically underrated movie criminally like underrated it. movie uh, I would go with uh, Philadelphia in this category with another Tom Hanks uh, transformation. Um, great movie. Uh, Christian Bale has so many of these, but I would go with Vice uh, most recently. Yes. Um, just I thought that e- was going to be on your list somewhere. Yeah, just an I incredible. didn't know if that was prosthetically, though. There, there's definitely some prosthetics there, but he also definitely gained some weight and you know okay. transformed his body. And then uh, Matt Damon in The Informant, uh, I think, is uh, another one that can kind of fit this category. He definitely doughed himself up quite a bit for, uh, for that movie. Yeah. So. I just looked at the mustache every time I watch that movie. That's all I look at. So I didn't <laughs> Hey, really a mustache is, is a physical doughy. transformation, too. So, you know, yeah, <laughs> anytime, yeah, anytime somebody grows a mustache, it counts for the category. Uh, Ian, did you have Fair any enough. honorable mentions? Yeah, uh, Gary Oldman in everything, um, because he's he's actually playing me um, in this podcast. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, he's just great. But <laughs> in, in particular, <laughs> in particular, in the Dark Knight, he is Gordon. Like he, they just plucked him mm. out of the comics. Um, he's mm-hmm. just great. Um, I stayed away from prosthetics and did like the physical mm-hmm. physical transformation. Yeah, I think that's what we were going for. Yeah, I'm glad I went that way in the end. Uh, Tom Cruise in Tropic Thunder because it just I was like, wait, what is that? That's mm-hmm. Tom Cruise. That's that's, that's a lot weird. of prosthetic. I think that's a lot, but... a lot, a lot of prosthetic. Um, and my final honourable mention is every actor in every Star Trek film because <laughs> the vast majority of them go through massive transformations. But yeah, the vast majority yeah. are prosthetic or they get actual. Right. They cast yeah. actual aliens. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They do have a good alien casting department uh, there at the yeah. Trek. So, yeah. good call, good call. All right, let's move into our buried treasure. What is that one thing uh, in any area of pop culture that you want to make sure people know about? Ian gets to go last since he's the guest. I will go first. Uh, I saw the French Dispatch this week uh, as well. Uh, this is Wes Anderson's latest, and this is 
in my opinion, the most Wes Anderson movie that has ever <laughs> Wes Andersoned. Um, it is as Wes Anderson that, as it gets. Uh, is it good or bad? <laughs> <laughs> yes. This may <laughs> be. No, I have more things to say before I tell you how I felt. This may be Wes Anderson's masterpiece. Uh, this may be in when people look back on his career. I think this may be one, the film that they go. That's the one where everything he wanted to be as a filmmaker, he did in that movie. Um, I hated this movie. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I <laughs> no, I actually really liked it. I really liked it. Um, man, you got to embrace the the. You just have to give yourself to it. It's like Shakespeare, right? We've talked about this before. Like when you're watching Shakespeare, you just kind of have to give yourself to the language. Give yourself to, uh, you know, the form. Wes Anderson is the same way. Um, I, 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 I cannot wait to see this movie again. So if that tells you anything, Ooh. like I'm really, really excited to dig in again because I think there's so much nuance here. You know, mm -hmm. it's basically a visual representation of this little, you know, magazine that is in this paper in kansas uh about what's happening in france and it's just there's a few stories a few you know arts and lifestyle sections um it's just it's it's hard to explain but again it is so wes anderson-y there it is it is absolutely incredible um so i did come out of it going man that was amazing wes anderson is a genius did I enjoy that movie? And I had to like ask myself, and so I'm still asking myself that question, but then I answered it with, do you want to see it again? And the answer is 100% yes. I can't wait to see it yeah. again. I think that means I enjoyed it, right? Like I think that's a pretty clear yeah. sign that I had a good time. Rewatchability is a so. pretty good indicator. Yeah, so um, so yeah, I would I would recommend The French Dispatch. I think it's, it's pretty great. This is what I find interesting because normally whenever you look at Wes Anderson's earlier career, whenever most people would say he's being his most Wes Anderson, you tend I disagree. personally not to like a lot of those movies. I think like, he's fi uh, I think he's figuring out what makes what he likes to do in those movies. I think you can you can see a clear willingness to embrace the more quirky, the more his career goes on. Um, I think I was Isle of Dogs the one before this. Does this does this directly follow Isle of Dogs? Because I think so. Isle yeah. of Dogs has a lot of this too, where all of a sudden you're just dealing with sushi recipes. You know what I mean? Like there's there's a lot. He, so he's like trying that out there, and then it's even more profound here. Like there's even more of a you know kind of that kind of almost scatterbrained filmmaking, but it's all very purposeful and it's all very uh, atmospherical and. And man, everybody is in this movie. Everybody that's been in a Wes Anderson movie, everybody that wanted to be in a Wes Anderson, you know, they just they're they are all showing up here in fun little uh little roles. So I want yeah. Wes Anderson to do the next Marvel movie. <laughs> well, that would be that would be something. That would be something. Yeah. Uh that would be a film. Andrew, what do you got? I'm gonna go with one of my favorite shows from back in the day. Uh I just started rewatching it. King of the Hill. Oh, nice! Yeah, uh, are you I, are I you abandoning the the years of your your life thing, or just taking a break? Since I've been since I've been looking for Roland, I didn't want to sit down and you know like uh yeah, knock uh, something out. Watch yeah, a, totally watch get another that. movie. Totally get so that. So I'm like, right. uh, I'll just throw out a movie or a show that I like. So that's what I did. Uh, yeah, I, I I love King of the Hill though. It's 
it's great. Uh, every single person in the show, while being of the same stereotypical Midwestern Texan, you know, they're so different in the same regard. Like, Dale is completely different from Boomhauer, from Bill, from Hank, from uh, uh, Luann to Bobby. Everybody's different, but they all still have that certain uh, redneckness about them, you know? And uh, a lot of great life lessons can be learned from watching King of the Hill, Yeah, I believe. I love King of the Hill. I, lo- I love this My show. My judge is a genius. He, he really is so smart. He really is so smart. Um, yeah. Do they stuff. have King of the Hill over in uh, Britain? Yeah, no, I've seen a few episodes. It was, I remember it was kind of late night and it was with Beavis and Butthead. Um, there was like a double feature on one of yeah. the channels and it would do Both an episode of that and an episode of this. Um, long time since I've watched it, but I remember being too young to understand what was going on. <laughs> well... If you have any curiosity of what it's like living in our area, it's not exact. We don't live in Texas, obviously, but you can find a lot of correlations between this, yeah. this lifestyles of King of the Hill and the Ozarks. Yeah, there's some there's some stuff in there that applies to most of the the South. Um, you know, not just yeah. Texas, but man, Texas is its own animal, though, and a lot of the stuff is specifically Texas. Uh, yeah, there's it, a, there's a couple <clears throat> states. That are there that are themselves entirely mm-hmm. like Florida or Texas. Or yeah, something. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Ian, what do you got? Um, so I have um, Papillon, which is a small city in um, Nebraska, <laughs> a population <laughs> of uh, twenty thousand four hundred twenty-three. Nice, nice. Um, a nice fourteen degrees at the minute. Um, no, so this is the twenty seventeen movie uh, Papillon. Um, which is Charlie Hunnam and um, Rami Malek. Um, I haven't seen the original, but I've heard really, really good things okay, so about there... it. Um, I, it. It is a remake, yeah. Of okay, the, yeah, because I've seen... I didn't know they redid it. Yeah, neither did I. This completely disappeared on my radar. I actually thought it was a new release because it popped up on Netflix. Um, and I was like, oh, cool, this is a new film and I like these people. No, it came out four years ago. What? <laughs> which so Netflix will do to you every now and again. Um, I really liked it. I wasn't, um, I don't know why I wasn't expecting to. I just, I don't see Charlie Hunnam as a leading man, but he is in this film. It's really, really, really good. Um, Rami Malek is exactly as you expect he would be. He's very unassuming, um, but very intelligent, very driven. Um, and they just have this unlikely friendship where um, Hunnam has been put away for, uh, he's been betrayed and has ended up in prison. Um, Rami Malek is his way out. Um, he's a forger, um, but he hasn't got the... Uh, Charlie Hunnam is the, the muscle when he's the brains. So they have this symbiotic relationship to get themselves through. But you think that's where it's going to end with like a buddy cop situation. Mm-hmm. But the journey they go on together, this is... It reminds me of The Great Escape in how um, Steve McQueen just perseveres and he has all of that time in isolation where you know as long as i got my tennis ball i'll be fine the stuff that papillon goes through is you just don't know how we survived it um and talking about body transformations charlie hunnam goes through one in this as well you know this is based Um, on true story right correct it is indeed yes yeah um really 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 enjoyed it i can't compare it to the original because i haven't seen it but i thoroughly enjoyed um this interpretation 
There it is. We'll have to check it out. Uh, Papillon, yeah, according recommend. to my quick Googling, here is available on Hulu. Uh, Papillon, uh, if you want to check it out. And also available on Hulu, all 13 seasons of King of the Hill. Uh, and then the yeah, French. Yeah, just about 250 episodes. No big yeah. deal. Uh, nice. And the French Dispatch is in theaters. Uh, we did it, guys. We did a podcast. Woo! Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, everybody should feel good about themselves today. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today for the podcast. Sif Pop is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at uh, studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out again today. Thank you, buddy. Big thanks to producer Phil for producing the audio and video show. Thanks, Phil. Thank you to Drew for doing visuals for the live show. <laughs> yeah, buddy. And thanks to Ian Whittington uh, at Witsend on Twitter uh, for is, hanging out with it us is today. Saturday. It is now Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Ian is in the future. He has now arrived at Saturday. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's true. That is. Thank true. you for having me, guys. Loved it as always. It's great fun. Uh, anything you want to uh, promote? Let people know about. I always forget this part. Um, yeah, re recently changed my handle on Twitter, so at Witsin, W-H-I-T-T-S-I-N-N-E-D. Um, and if you like hearing me talk about movies but would like an Irish accent accompanying it, um, I have a podcast called An Englishman and an Irishman Go to the Movies. Um, yes, go and listen. Very nice. Uh, appreciate you being here. Also appreciate our Sif Pop members. Uh, support starts at three bucks a month. You get access to bonus episodes, some other fun perks, um, monthly video hangout, uh, all that at the different levels. You can check that out at patreon.com slash stiffpop. Lots of ways you can connect with us. Feel free to leave a comment, rating, or review at Apple Podcasts uh, or wherever you listen. Uh, or you can email us, feedback at siftpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show too, so make sure you let them know about it and that listening is much easier than saving the world when it's already halfway through childbirth. We will be back <laughs> next week uh, with more. Not sure what. It is that time of year, but uh, we will catch you then. See ya. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.